I'm here with my friend Adam from FU Tone. Hey now. He has made the trek all the way here to Island Music. Nice drive. We are very appreciative of that. Uh, we've spent the afternoon uh, kind of talking over FU Tone products with our sales staff and uh, our service department, and we've definitely learned a lot and uh, I think had a lot of fun in the couple hours that you've been here. So far, so good. Yeah. So it's been a pretty enjoyable Tuesday afternoon, I think. I'm loving it. And <laughs> let me jump in and say this place is awesome. Oh, thank you. Like I was saying earlier, this is, reminds me of the music stores around Philly when I was growing up, where you'd walk in and there was a ton of guitars and cases filled with effects and everything's jammed. It's the exact feeling that I have. I haven't That's seen awesome. that since I was a kid, since the internet started. Yeah. <laughs> a, a real music store like this. There's the behemoths that that are just whatever. We know what they are. There's the ultra small that yeah. don't really scratch the surface of pro. Yeah. And there's only a handful of places that I think are still like this. And while we're harping on that, not to get off topic, when when the big box stores started and dealers like this, the bulk of them said, oh, my God, or they're going to kill us. We can't compete. The ones that survived and the ones that even thrived in light of were because I think they filled the hole that, that a big box store could never fill. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's key. But yeah. everyone complained. I'm like, great opportunity. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, I hear that a lot too, but uh, I always want to be different. Like I, I want to, um, we want to carry different things. I don't want to have a row of sunburst strats. Not that there's anything wrong with sunburst strats, but we want to do other things too. Like well, I have all the weird instruments. I have mandolas, mandocellos, electric sitars, like just weird stuff in stock. It's cool and different that you can't see. In I, I agree. But in what you're competing against though, and this is completely off topic of what we're <laughs> going to talk right. about, you're competing against the internet now. Yeah. So what's the real difference? Yeah. The difference is, in my opinion, it comes down to staff customer service, customer experience. Yeah, atmosphere. You know, complete. It, yeah. You know, the days of people going in to buy their new Ibanez guitar, you know, a big percentage of the people think you just go online, find the cheapest price. Yeah, and, and it kind and, of shows up at your house, yeah, and that's what and, you have. And that's it, and then you decide if you like it or not. Yeah. You know, I remember the days of coming to a store like this where I would sit here for hours. Yeah, you know, soak driving. it all in. Yeah. And figure still, like, what's cool? Where, where do I fit in this equation? But then a knowledgeable staff will help me where you're trying to go. What do you what do you really need? What's your objective? Oh no, you don't want that, you want this. Yeah. That's that's what will never, ever, ever be replaced by the internet. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> In my opinion. I want to be here a long time. So In my opinion, hope. no, this is this is great. And I, the few hours I've been here, I see how your staff interacts with the people coming in. I see right down to the FedEx driver, right down to, to the mom with the kid with the lesson, to the guy looking for stickers. Yeah. I, I'm seeing what's going on, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. This is what it's all about. So right? there's my compliment. Well, thank you. I, I certainly appreciate so that. So far. That, uh, that 
means a lot. I'm sure you see a lot of music stores, and uh, you've been in the business a while, so I will take it. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started. Um, part of, I think, what folks listen to for our podcast is not only to hear about gear and, and artists, is to be inspired. They want to kind of hear, you know, how somebody took an idea or a dream or a goal and made it into something. So tell us kind of how you got started. It's a, it's a really interesting twisted road where I, I guess you had I had to take the long way to get here. It wasn't a straight shot. It was a, a lot of little things kind of falling into place. But in high school, I started playing guitar. Um, a friend of mine went on to do some pretty big things in the industry. And we were just punk guitar players. You know, we we would hang out in our local music stores like this, like in Philly it was Zaff's and 8th Street Music and all, all our little places, the music works. There, these places are all gone. Now, I think 8th Street moved, but not on 8th Street, of course, yeah. and it never was. <laughs> so, but we would hang out and, and play, and we were just, we were guitar nerds. We would take our guitars apart. We would tr change pickups. This was right at the beginning of, like, hot-rodding guitars. Okay. The very beginning. I mean, early 80s. You know, I think the only hot rod you could do to your guitar back in the day from the 70s to the 80s was, like, upgrade your pickups and change the nut. Yeah, okay. You remember the brass nut yep. was a big deal, yep. like a Les Paul or Strat. Yeah. Every once in a while, you get a trade in with a brass nut. Yeah, and there. that was, I, and I think that was the extent of hot rodding back okay. then. Then, then it became locking tremolos and crazy shapes and colors, and all the new guitar companies coming on, you know, Charvel, Jackson, sure, Riz, Kramer, like BC. Okay. Right, it wasn't just Fender and Gibson anymore. Right, and it, it was a great era to be a teenage. Guitar, guitar player. player. Sure, yeah. You know, my first guitar was a, a cheap $200 Hondo Flying V that I got at a Sam Goody. Okay. So it was, you know, like a complete piece of junk guitar. But as I, I'll send you a picture, and I'm still trying to f hunt this guitar back down. I'm trying so hard because I have a lead on it. But over time, it became, you know, an Invader pickup in the bridge, a Keller tremolo because I couldn't afford the other one at the time. Then it was, I had a mighty mite triple coil in the neck position. It sounded like crap, but it looked super cool. You <laughs> know, that's half the battle sometimes, right, especially in the 80s. <laughs> but this was what we were going for. We would just tinker and tinker and tinker. And it was like, how do we, how do we make this better or cooler? Then you'd read the guitar magazines. We were just you, talking about that, yeah. Yeah, and you would see, you know, you'd see a picture of, of like an Ed Van Halen or Warren Martini, and you would see what they were doing to their guitars. And it wasn't what you saw in the stores. Yeah. And I'm like, these guys are chopping up guitars, hot rodding guitars. This is cool. To me, working on the guitar, tinkering with the guitar was as much fun as playing it. So you, you spend time, you know, for me, still to this day, part of the enjoyment for my own stuff is, you know, trying new product, wrenching the guitar, setting it up differently. It's as much fun as playing it to me. Okay. So I was always a tinkerer. And my friend went on to end up working for Van Halen, still there, still does what he does. And 
I was lucky enough to, to have half a foot into that door, and then we did the detuner together, me, uh, another partner, and him. Okay. And it was roughly what year was that, 97? No, 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 91. Oh, wow. Okay, that early. He I was, didn't realize that. He was still at um, Ernie Ball. Okay. It was the. It was like towards the end of Ernie Ball, the middle to the end of the Ernie Ball. Okay, so I remember right. the first time that I saw the detuner was uh, probably 94, 95 Peavy. time period. No, I saw on, it on some Music Man guitars for the Balance Tour. Right, right, for yep. his. Yep. So all that stuff on his guitars then, they were all prototype units, and we were just getting to that. Trying to dial it in and figure produce. it out. Yeah, okay. and we, it was always trial and error, which was a lot of fun. Sure. So... The detuna became what it is to this day, and it's still out there, and it's on guitars, and yeah. cats use it. But that that got my foot in the door in the industry, and I did some work for another company, and then I just started saying, "What else can I do to make this bridge sound better, sound better, function better? You know, just be more friendly." Sure. And a lot of people's knock on locking trims of the day were like, uh, it's, you know, it's a great tool for, for tuning stability, but it just sounds like crap because you have to cut your guitar up and you're missing wood. And that. So I took a bigger piece of material, brass at the time, and put it under the bridge, and it made a huge difference. And I talked to some people like, hey, maybe we should do this. They're like, nobody wants that. It's too expensive. <laughs> so I'm going to go do this on my own. It's probably and, good that it worked out that way. And yeah, thank God, you know, it, and mm -hmm. I went and I did it. And, you know, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon after the fact and copied it, including the people that told me, like, nobody wants that. <laughs> I was like, eh, whatever. But luckily I had amassed a, a really nice artist roster at the time and all the guys known for locking tremolos, you know, kind of... Use your product. Jumped, yeah. yeah, they, I, they all yeah. jumped on and it's been a great ride for me. And as, you know, a kid guitar player from the 80s, you know, seeing the guys that I had on posters on my walls or, you know, that I would sleep out in a parking lot to buy tickets for a concert for, yeah. you know, now it's like, oh, look who's on the phone. I'm like, whoa, yeah. still <laughs> hey, pretty crazy. This is amazing. I still pitch myself. And so, you know, D-Tuner's 28-ish, right around there, 28 years old, Wow, I think. FU Tone is uh, right around 12, 11 or 12, since okay. I've made it official. And oh, so we started at the same time, then yeah. roughly. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. So, I always say it beats having a real job. Oh, God, yes. Like, when was the last time you wore a suit? <laughs> see? Well, no, I do wear a suit for certain things yeah. still, which uh, we'll, we'll get to, I'm sure. But it's rare for me to put on a suit. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, this, yeah. this isn't me. Yeah, we're cut from the same mold. I, Jeans I always, and T-shirts. That's right. That's that's what I wear. Or my Island Music polo when I have to look really official. You got to hook me up on one of those. I can. I'll Thank make it happen you. for you. <laughs> can I get my name on it? Like oh, yours? yeah, totally. Totally. We Thanks. can make that happen. So what was your first real rig as a guitar player, kind of figuring things out uh, and, and kind of where you got to a point like, this is me, this is my sound, this is... And, and I hate to cross that Van Halen bridge so many times because of the association of, with T-Tuner, but so, so much of that stuff is a part of my life as a guitar player oh, sure. with nothing to do with the association. My main guitar to this day 
is still my um, Ernie Ball Music Man okay. version of, of that guitar. I have a, a purple one that, that became my player. Okay. Uh, and over time, and I got to tell you, I started with the 5150 head, and yeah. I had that, and I would run two of them in stereo with just a little chorus and a wad on one side. And that's that was my rig for years. And even if I play now, that's it. And over time, I've upgraded a little bit. I, I managed to find, um, a few years back, a Soldano SLO 100. Ah, oh, cool. Okay. So, I, it, and it's one of the green ones. So my music man guitar into that SLO 100 for me is is pretty heavy. Okay. It's it's that's my sweet spot. Okay. It does really good clean, it does really great crunch and obviously it'll smoke for leads. That music man guitar is an amazing instrument. Killer. I mean it really is. I, I so I have never owned the EVH uh you know Eddie uh, signature music man, but I have an Axis, and I like that guitar. Um, definitely a difference. <clears throat> really? Okay. There's definitely a difference. I've never, I've never got an opportunity to play. Next time I come, I'll bring my player oh, player. Yeah. There's definitely a difference in the guitars, and it's not just moving the toggle switch. You know, I think they made uh, they made them in lower quantities back then. Sure. You know, people weren't even sure if it was going to be popular and of course it was. Of course it's going to be popular. But the qual yeah. I think the quality was really high. The woods were Oh yeah, much I've nicer. seen the neck, necks, yeah. the back of the necks of All some birds of them are just amazing, yeah. Which you really don't see now. Yeah. yeah. They're still great guitars. Yeah. But there's something about those first the EVH series of those guitars, every one I pick up and over time I've I've owned a ton of them. Really? And yeah. I, I've never found a dud. Obviously, some were better than others, but sure. I never found sure. a dud. Sure, and that always happens. I, I collect PV Wolfgangs because that was the guitar. When I first got into the business was in kind of the mid to late 90s, and that was kind of like the holy grail, especially when you worked at a guitar store and you were a Van Halen fan. And uh, so that's kind of what I love. I've never had the opportunity to play the music man, but... Uh, Maybe I'll bring yours next time. I'll it's it a different animal. And I, I have the the PV version as well, and okay. I, I like the guitar. It's a cool guitar, obviously. He was a, a huge part of that guitar. Sure. And, you know, they play great. They sound great. The new Fender versions yeah, are I have some of those too. Great. They're yeah. they're all the the USA Wolfgang, like the stealth version and that, yeah, that's that cool era. Guitar. They're great guitars. But just for me as a guitar player, nothing to do with anything. When I pick up my main music band guitar, it's like putting on your old baseball glove or your favorite pair of jeans. Sure, sure. It just, just fits and so it's perfect. It's right yeah. for you. Your hand goes on that neck and you just know where you are. Yeah, and it's, it's just like a transfer of, of power kind of. You're comfortable. You're, you're comfortable in yeah. that, whatever your that guitar is. Yeah. That's my one guitar. And sometimes it'll fall out of service for a little bit because I'll be messing with other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when you pick it back up, it's like, ah, oh, you. This is it. You're home. Come, come yeah. to Papa. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've touched a little bit on the Van Halen connection. Who are some of your idols in terms of guitar players and just kind of general personalities that kind of uh, have helped you get to where you are? I'm really lucky in the fact that a lot of my artists roster were, like I said, the same guys that I would buy the records and go to the shows and buy a T-shirt. Yeah. And um, I don't want to miss 
anybody, but even to rattle a couple off Phil Collin from Def Leppard could not be a nicer guy yeah. or, or a greater influence and talk about, you know, writing hits and sales. Phil is great. Warren Martini from Rat was always in my Mount Rushmore of, of guitar players. Yeah, and, totally. you know, that, that's still another pinch me moment. And as a guitar player, forget what he does with FU, I just sit there and watch that guy play with my mouth open. Yeah. I can't believe what I'm watching. He's, he's that good. Um, I mean, I don't, oh God, I don't want to make a mistake. I'll give you the most underrated guitar player in the game. Okay. Who is a stellar, stellar musician, can can hold serve with any guy in the game. Steve Brown from Trickster. Yeah, Steve, totally. Steve Brown from Trickster, not, not just a great friend for a lot of years, but um, as a guitar player, this total sleeper and people will say to me oh my god i had no idea and i'll be like watch this watch this one yeah. they'll be like that's that guy yeah. i'm like yeah and then forget his guitar god ability his songwriting i have a bunch of his demos that were outside of trickster the song songs are just like hit after hit after hit that good not even shreddy guitars you know yeah just uh, good writing just unbelievable good, solid writing unbelievable writing listen to the last trickster record too um, so Steve is, to me, a giant guitar player, and nobody knows. Yeah. The, the industry knows. The masses don't, don't know. know. So but you so can't if, go by them, really. So anyhow. if you're a guitar player, go on, go on YouTube and just go find stuff of him playing with or without Trickster, and yeah. you'll be enlightened as, as a guitar player. Yeah. Um, earlier we talked about CC DeVille. You and I were chatting. CeCe's an FU guy who people could go, ah, Poison and CC. Ah, it's like, you know, they're going to they're gonna slag it a little bit. But I heard a very famous guitar player say once, you go write as many hits as he did. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can run a few more. Uh, Tommy Shaw and, and James Young of Styx, amazing. Oh, they're great musicians, yeah. Stellar. Um Paul Crook from Meatloaf, stellar. Yeah. Just just a giant. John Levin from Dokken. Obviously, Lynch was great, but John Levin, total sleeper yeah. guitar player yeah. that, that'll just, you know, cut your head off. I think now with the internet and YouTube and kind of instant access to people, we don't have quite the same kind of guitar god mentality or image that we used to have. Um, because I think that uh, everybody has access to everything and your mind has been blown so many times. Like, wow, this this guy's amazing. This 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 12-year-old kid is amazing too. And and I think it's it's somewhat disappointing because the mystique of the guitar god is is somewhat gone away, I think. I'll give you I'll give you my last guitar god. I think you'll agree with me. And you could also put him on my former list that I was just running with. Um, Nuno Betancourt. Oh yeah, was, was probably, in my opinion, the last guy to come out of the era that is that guy. That's just that good. That good of a player. That good of a songwriter. That good of a singer. Spectacular. A monster. And after Nuno, I mean, who do you got? Who was the la who was the last? icon that other guitar players will turn and go, wow, or that you'll see on the cover of Guitar Magazine. Well, I'm going to give you one. Give it's me one. a modern day. Tell me. Nita Strauss. Nita, also an F.U. cat. And I'll, I'll give it to you. She, she is stellar. 
She's an FU cat. She's an amazing player. She's in a great gig, and she's a total shred monster. Yeah, and she's she's everywhere, really, in, in terms of being out there in the world. She has her own fan base. Um, great example of current day marketing done right. Yes, and, yes, and not not in a gimmicky way because at the end of that thread is her talent. Yeah, because she's that good. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know that I would say it's in the same vein of where we're going to say Guitar Hero of like a, a Nuno. Where, oh, yeah. Well, where not, not who's better, just in a different era where every guitar player is going to stop, look, and listen and go, what's that guy from Extreme doing? Yeah, yeah. It, I think that was the end. Of, she's holding it down. There's a handful of cats that are still flying the flag and doing it right. And yeah. she, she's ridiculous. Her playing is... The, the solo album she just put out. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Spectacular. But the masses aren't going to grab that album and, and have to run for right. it. Right. And the, I'll give you the, the last instrumentalist like that, a shred guy that, that owned it, is probably going to have to be Satriani. That, that will sell albums in numbers. Yeah. That the masses will eat up, that will be on the cover of the guitar magazines, that everyone's going to... She's on the covers, I know. She's out there. Trust me, I'm not saying anything wrong. I agree with you. She's right. amazing. <clears throat> but I think the, the tide has turned against the guitar hero. Yeah. You know, now... I get into this conversation, and the, the guy to have this conversation with is is JJ French from Twisted Sister, who's very into the business of the music business. And he's the, an awesome guy. I worked at spectacular with him once before. Spectacular. Too, yeah. Eddie and JJ, both good friends, and and a few guys. But JJ will get into and explain the economics of why the music business is different. And then at the end of that chain, how the, the thing that suffers the most is the music yeah. because the money's not there to cultivate the artist, to invest in an artist, to put them up or in a studio. Or just the production for, yeah. the, for the album. All yeah. of it, the yeah. whole thing. It's gone because the money's gone. You know, now, it, now it's streaming. Now yeah. no one's selling records. You gotta, you gotta go sell tickets and T-shirts now where in the past you went on tour to break even to sell your album because yeah, you made money from album. selling yeah, albums. Sure. And now it's vice versa. The album's an excuse to just go tour. And I have plenty of bands that don't even put the record out anymore. They just, they just go every summer, play the catalog, and that's how they get paid. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but it's different. So tell me about the first FU Tone artist and what kind of sense of validation that that gave you and who it was and, and how it happened. I think early on... One of, like one and one A, right, right at the beginning was Phil Cullen, okay, from from Def Leppard, and he was a, a huge help to me for launching this, and he believed in what I was doing enough that I would go out and meet them on the road and just take his guitars and start changing this part, that part, and as I developed new parts, I'd come out with the new parts, and he had such trust in me to sit there, you know, the day of a concert and take his <laughs> stage guitars apart. <laughs> and then I, I would get get in, you know, hours before he did, and I would start ripping stuff apart, and I would have it together, and he'd show up, and we'd plug in, and he would say, that's great, leave it, or change that to that. And, this, and he was such a, a mentor and a guiding force for me and very helpful. And 
a footnote couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah, he seems like such an awesome beyond guy. Beyond the kind of guy that you'll be working on. You know, can I get you a drink? What do you need? Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have a guest tonight? Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, over the course of our years working together and becoming much friendlier, one day a, a guitar shows up in the Jackson box and I open it up and I see it's a PC-1, a certain PC-1, and I called him and I said, the usual you want, you know, titanium saddles, titanium block. And he said, that one's for you. I said, what? Oh. I said, I can't take this. I said, it's it's too expensive and too nice. I said, I don't need you to give me a guitar. But if you're going to feel like you need to give me a guitar, why don't you send me like a second, something that's broken, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. something you don't play anymore. Not this. And he goes, I'll be insulted if you don't take that guitar. Go, Thank you very much. <laughs> so, wow. That's really awesome. That yeah, that probably... was, he, he's spectacular. Um, I first got turned on to FU Tone products uh, through uh, Liquid Charlie. Yes. And uh, being a huge Van Halen fan, I think uh, some of his videos caught my eye. Uh, I think he was upgrading his Bumblebee. Uh, EVH guitar, and I just stopped and watched it and kind of took it all in and then uh, just uh, became a follower and a fan and just kept seeing cool stuff come out and uh, really awesome uh, uh, interpretations of, of, you know, classic Van Halen tunes that we've all heard a ton of times and uh, reached out to him and, and uh, kind of got to know him and, and did lessons and then became friends. And, uh, you know, he kept telling me about F.U. Tone, F.U. Tone. So I ordered some stuff and, and checked it out. And tell me a little bit about your relationship with Liquid Charlie and, and, you know, how that got started. I love Liquid. I love him. And we've become really good friends over the years. I met Liquid through Eric Broadbent, who does one of the online shows. At the time, it was EVH uh, gear. Yeah. And it's really great and, you know, a lot of fun. And he, he promoted my stuff great and he used it. He used FU Tone as an artist before that. Wow, okay. Uh, and his channel just changed to the Music Gear Network, I think it's called exactly. So it's not just EVH. It's still a ton of EVH stuff, but it's now it's like we're not pigeonholed EVH. Sure. We're just talking about gear. Sure. Helix, Kramer, this one. So Eric and I were friends from the beginning. And he said to me one day, he said, you know, I never push guys on you or I never tell you to look at guys because, you know, I'm, I don't want to be that guy. He goes, but I have a friend, Liquid Charlie, and this guy is, he's amazing and he's in, he's in England and he does this and he does that. And I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll take a look. And I checked them out and I go, wow, guy's obviously a great player. So off the bat, spectacular player. And I sent him a couple parts to try, and he's like, wow, I love this stuff. And uh, we just, we kind of hit it off. And then we started talking on the phone more. And then now we chat like two schoolgirls all the time. <laughs> and it's rarely about gear. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> just talk, talking to your friends. It's like my bro. I talked to him on the way here. We were just chatting oh, on the cool. way, and we FaceTime all the time. And what's <laughs> what's funny is we usually talk about are the differences between our cultures and our countries. And, you know, I'll say, well, what do you call this? And I'll go, yeah, well, what do you call that? And we'll, we'll make yeah. fun of people. And we just, <laughs> we, we really hit it off as friends. So over the years, and we've gotten together a couple times, he's come here to the West Coast for NAM, And we 
chat away. Like, but Charlie does something really good in the age of these guys that are playing mostly online. He's he's rewriting, you know, mostly Van Halen songs, but he'll do extreme and other sure, things yeah. as well. And he'll do the mashups. Yeah. You know, like so he just did the entire Diver Down album yeah. in a minute and a half. Yeah. And I love how he puts it together. He just did a skid row one. Oh, add that to my list. I'm gonna keep adding to my list of people as I talk so I don't forget. Uh Snake Sabo and Scotty Hill from Skid Row. Huge influence. Awesome guitar Future. players. Sick guitar. Yes. You gotta see it live even. And the nicest guys. Love those guys, but sick, sick, sick. So Liquid just did a skid row song. And, you know, he does the vocal line with guitar. Yeah. And he he's doing something different and neat. And people are taking notice. The artists are taking notice yeah. of like, wow, look at yeah. look at this guy. He's, he's really like doing us justice. Yeah. Since we're on the, um, I'm just going to wing this, actually. I just pulled out my phone. I'm just going to oh, do a FaceTime. <laughs> so I wonder if it'll work on here. Let me see if he picks up. We could keep talking if he does. And if he doesn't, he'll probably call back. <laughs> How's this for being spontaneous? This is good. Too bad, Liquid, you're not picking up. Oh, come on. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's always <laughs> coughing. <laughs> you there? Hey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I hate to put you on the spot. Hey! Oh, no. I know that guy. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> so I hate to I hate to put you on the spot, but we're uh, we're on his podcast live. Oh, wow, amazing! No pressure. Then. And, yeah, no pressure at all because he said to me, you know, we started talking about you, and I'm telling the story of you, and I said, you know, I I chat with him all the time, and I just chatted with him on the way here, and I said I'm going to reach in my pocket and put you on the spot. Oh, fantastic. I love a good podcast. I've never been on a podcast. So this, oh, here you go. This is incredible. Isn't it? Am I allowed to swear? Uh, sure. Oh, <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> oh, wait. Hey, nice guitar. Wait, talk about... Oh, yeah. We know that guitar. Oh. Uh, poor connection. Too bad for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> So I just saw the uh, 1984 video earlier. Oh, you seen it, have you? Yeah, it's awesome. Great job as yeah. always. Yeah, I think this is the best one so far. Wow, really? Okay. Well, I think it's my favorite. Like, mash, like these short ones I'm doing, I mean. Dude, don't hog my podcast. I was giving you a plug. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you about him. And we just get on the phone and we end up just cracking up yeah, it's for a half hour over nonsense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't tell you what we were cracking up to today because it was hysterical. But I don't no. I don't want to blow the, I don't want to blow the big secret about Duo Inferno coming up. So Oh man. We'll wait till TMZ gets a hold of that. No, I should get first exclusive. Can't help before you. TMZ. Can't help you there. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, What's I just going on on this just wanted to check in. We're, no, we're chatting. We're chatting about FU Tone, obviously, because that's I guess the topic. But more off of that, we're just talking about guitar, guitar players. Oh. Uh, you know, and just hanging out like guitar players do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, it's lovely to be a part of it. Well, all right. It was nice checking in with you, and I'll catch you later. Thank you. My first podcast. All right, bro. We'll catch you later. Nice, bro. Take care. All right. See ya. Bye. There you go. See? On the spot. So, <laughs> no, he's he's really, really a great guy. He's a special guy um, outside of guitar. Lovely guy. Funny guy. And just a guy like I'm lucky to have a friend like that yeah very cool stuff yeah no it, it's been a, it's been awesome uh having this kind of partnership uh especially just doing the last video that we did with the van halen rarities and and uh you know you sending the parts for us to put in his guitar and uh, well that was the you know. that was really the link so how i said eric linked me to charlie and charlie was you to me and he said, he said, you know, I, I met this guy, Keith, from Island Music. Do you know Island? And I looked and I went, wow, it looks really cool. And he said, we're talking about this. And then we all started talking. But it leads to what we're even doing here today. Yeah. So the guitar, the EVH Wolfgang that you outfitted with F.U. Tone for Charlie was a great way for the three of us to say to the people who follow us in the public, like, look at these other guys. Yeah. You know, an island music follower might not have known Liquid Charlie right. or F.U. Tone or an F.U. Tone guy. Might, might not, not have known, known island music, I, yeah. Right, and they go, well, I could get my guitar preloaded with F.U. Tone from Island Music. Yeah. And like, well, sure you can. And sure. we all like the same yeah. stuff and it just kind of works and it's 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 cool really it's, you know? it's neat because most people think the only way to get the fu tone stuff is to order it and put it in themselves or to take it to a repair shop sure. and it is pretty simple to do it yourself and i make videos to help people but to get it while you're buying your guitar yeah it's to cool get it how so you're just worried about playing yeah you know well and you know if, even if people come in with a repair or a setup for a strat or an acoustic or a locking tremolo you know it's like hey you can upgrade this with this stuff and your guitar will sound better yeah. hey i didn't know that thanks yeah yeah let's yeah. go <laughs> yeah well, no, 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 I don't want that. No, I don't no, want to sound, want to sound better. better. Yeah. You, can you get anything worse than a plastic pin to put in my acoustic? <laughs> yeah. Can you get me some paper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe styrofoam it could be worse. But, you know, no one's looking for that. But the, the key is just to know what your option is, sure. to understand what your option is. And that, that's what we were doing with your staff today. I just basically explained what my stuff does and how it does it. And here, run with it. And just all you need is the knowledge yeah. to explain it to someone. Because yeah. if you had a few tones sitting in the back in the stand and waited for someone to say... To ask you, yeah, you know... Who oh, would, can yeah. I put this in my new uh, ESP or EVH, you know? Yeah. If you waited for that, it's no good. Everyone has to be on the same page. Totally, totally. It's cool. So at this point in your career, you could probably have any rig that you wanted. What is your dream rig? I got to tell you, I'm really happy with what, what I have? have. Wow, no guitar player ever says that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not, I, and I'm very lucky that I get to play through some of the rigs of my artists. I'll tell you the rig. I'll give it to you, which is just a bigger version of, of my rig. Um and it's probably the sickest live rig I've ever heard in my life. Mick Mars. Really? Mick Mars's live rig 
is so insane. And it, it's so loud and so thumpy. It's all Soldano's. Different parts of it are uh, Marshall or VHT for certain stages of the rig. But the main thing is it's really three stereo rigs independent of each other. Okay. So, yeah, if you imagine the six cabinets across, first two are a left and right stereo off one thing. Next to are an independent stereo rig. Next to are an independent stereo rig. Then under the stage, he has subs. Really? Coming up with the same stuff. Like 18s? I do not know exactly what's under there because okay. they were under the grates. Okay. But you stand on the stage and you stand like right in the middle, like right between the cabinets and the pedal board. And you muffle the strings and you open the volume and you just kind of touch the string, you go chunk. And you hear the whole floor shake and you feel it through your votes. And God forbid you hit a chord. It's like, oh my God. Wow. Oh my, and it's, it's monstrous. Okay. Monstrous. So that level, his live rig, and you know, I never got that sense from the records. Yeah. That's why I was surprised when you, when you said that. That's why I was surprised when I started working with it years ago. And he was another, you could put him on the list too. Nicest guy, underrated guitar player, you know, a bluesy guitar player. Yeah, he not, is. not a He's not a virus atriani shred master. Yeah. He's a straight up bluesy guitar player. I'll tell you something else he does that nobody else does. He uses so much spring tension on his bridge. So the bridge is blocked to dive only. But there's so much spring tension and the way he he tests the spring tension is he'll hit the low E string open and then he'll bend the B string high up on the neck to see if the E string will warble out of tune. Will comes out of tune. Okay. And if, you know, he hits the low E and bends the B and it goes, he goes, more spring tension. You end up putting so much spring tension on this bridge, like the bar is like working a, a, a workout machine to push down. And Mick's a little guy. Yeah. And he's a frail guy. And you see him and he, he goes real slow up to the stage and he just gets up the stairs. But you strap that guitar on a man with that bar, This is he beats the shit out of that bar. And he's the only guy I ever sold to break a bar. Wow. I mean, he, he bangs the shit out of it. He kills it. And it's so heavy and so loud, and he's tuned down a full step. Okay. That rig is okay. crazy. I don't know where you could play it. You'd need your own arena to play yeah, it. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't work anywhere else. And quite frankly, if you're in the first 10 rows on that side of the stage, that's you're going to get gonna washed hear. out from yeah. the guitar rig. Yeah, that's all you're going to hear. It's so loud. But it's good because it's that Soldano okay. 6L6, smooth but heavy, nice, and the Kicking subs, the I had no idea about the subs, too. It's ridiculous. Okay. It's ridiculous. So, talking of tone, if you had to pick an album and say, that's the tone that I want, or that is my favorite tone, what would you pick? I can't pick one, again, because it's too many guys and too many good tones. But I'll, I'll give you one, and I'll give you a good example around this tone, too. Um Warren Martini, lay it down. So that opening riff. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's perfect. It's just perfect. I was in L.A. last year, last year or the year before, and I was at a friend's house, and I was going to see Warren. And my friend said to me, he has a studio in the back of the house. He goes, yo, check it out. I've got the lay it down tone going. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah? 
And I went back there and he handed me like this beat up Hamer guitar into a certain amp and a delay set just right. Tune down a half step and drop D. And of course I start playing, lay it down. Sure. And you know, it was pretty good. It sounded like any kid in Guitar Center or a music store playing lay it down. And the tone was real close and it was good. And I hand him the guitar and he lays out that riff and it's good. And you start playing like of the era riffs. And I was meeting Warren later, and I said, hey, man, come over to so-and-so's house. He goes, all right. And he came over, and he knocks on the door. And as soon as I open the door, I go, yo, man, he says he's got the lay it down tone going in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and Warren goes, oh, yeah. And we walk back, and I hand him the same guitar, just flip on the, the power of the amp, and Warren plays lay it down, and it's the record. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's the, the gear is so important and the gear will get you into the neighborhood. But at the end of the day, it's the guy. Yeah, it's how it's he articulates, the, it's the tone of his it's hands. It's the guy. I, I tell people I play Ed Van Halen's rig, sounds just like me. Yeah, yeah and, every time. I don't know what's it's wrong. It's amazing. Same with Warren's stuff. And conversely, I've seen a lot of these guys, these iconic Guitar Hero guys, play guitars that aren't theirs or amps that aren't theirs. And... They play my stuff, sounds like them. <laughs> you know, and, and Warren was the example, and he start, He just played that intro riff, and in the in my mind, I just saw the beginning of the video and the clown hat spinning around. Yeah, and you're and like, I go, oh, that's it. Oh, that's, that's it, right. amazing. Wow. And it's funny, because I, I took a picture right at that time, and I sent it to the said friend, and I'm like, got that tone going still? <laughs> that's funny. So... What is currently going on with FU Tone? What do you have coming? What are you working on? You seem to be a pretty forward-moving guy. I'm Thank sure you got you. a lot of cool things cooking. I do. I do have new stuff coming. Um, so the locking stuff I, I have, I think I've I've covered most of my bases. I have a couple new things still coming with that. Um, obviously, the Strat stuff, the acoustic stuff, the Tele stuff, it's all out there and it's good. I have a... Stop tail tunematic coming next year. Okay. F U tone. Just, you know, same concept. Better, better materials, better quality, better sound. Okay. Um, we just expanded with some cables. Uh, some we're doing in-house ourselves, and then some that I brought in from a really high-end um, audio company called Wireworld. Okay. They do like um, crazy home stereo cable runs, like ten thousand dollar cable runs, crazy, wow, crazy. So stuff. much higher fidelity. Yeah, like, and I brought in a power cable, an amp power cable from them, uh, and a guitar cable. So I'm expanding my commodity items. When I say commodity items, I mean stuff like Morley pedals. I'll add to the site, Headrush, uh, Wireworld. Uh, music Nomad care products, just little add-on stuff that if you're shopping at FU Tone for what I mainly do, your blocks and upgrade parts, it's like, oh, I could use a cable or I could use a can of guitar polish, whatever. Yeah, sure. So commodity items are expanding, personal items, FU items are expanding, and by the end of the year, I hope to have the FU guitar come out, which uh, we prototyped last year. We're looking to do a preloaded uh, you know, like a super strat type of guitar at a very reasonable price, loaded with all the stuff like the way I would want it. Okay. So I did the prototype. We're we're still negotiating with a couple companies to finish the project, but it's uh, 
it should be out around the end of the year. That's exciting. So the guitar, the, the, the oh. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to remember everything. So I also have, um, I put out the FU pickup this year. Yeah, which was I'm just excited a, to try those. I'm going to send you one. That's um, awesome. It's a very basic pickup, and I just, I spec'd a couple prototypes of, you know, what magnet and what kind of wire and what kind of output I wanted. Made some prototypes, liked it, you know, at a, a sweet spot, reasonable price pickup, you know, uh, I think under $100. Wow, okay. Um we're going to expand next year also with a higher offering pickup from another friend in the industry that's going to come out and we're going to brand their product for them and sell it for them at real high-end audio stuff. We're going to start with pickups and pots. Okay. So it'll, and it'll be like the good, good Ferrari crazy stuff. Okay, that's needed. That yeah, really is. That, it, that's a void that needs to be filled. I Listen, I cater to, <clears throat> to all sides of the coin of the upgrade. So you could upgrade your bridge with an FU block for 30-some dollars. You could also buy an $800 set of saddles. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. Yeah. And both will give you a huge leg up on where you were. Sure. So, yes, my, my reasonably priced pickup offering, which is a really good pickup, you know, I want something with the high end. Same with the cable. You know, that's why I brought in Wireworld. We started making a, a decent high end, you know, like an $80 cable in house. So, Wireworld's the next level up. Yeah. You know, and it's even though it's a commodity item, it doesn't matter. I, the way I look at it is I'm out there as a guitar player. And I found something cool. So I go... You want to share it with yeah, everybody? Dude, yeah, check this out. Yeah. Come, this is what guitar players do. Like, yeah. Oh, did you see that? Oh, yeah, did you see this? And that's what we like to do to each other. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like <laughs> that way for drummers. It's or, not the same for drummers. It, it isn't. From, I from, wonder that. Yeah, I think uh, guitar players, when we sell basically every kind of instrument that there is, but it's guitar players are just always... More analytical. Yeah. And, and He's I think, calling drummers dumb. Is that what no, you're saying? No, that's not exactly <laughs> what There's a lot of good drummer jokes, though. <laughs> you, you want to roll that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but no, I, I think that guitar players are, for whatever reason, constantly searching for better tone, better sustain, better articulation, better, different tone. It's, it's and, part of the process. Yeah, it's and, and it's drummers, part of the process of playing. I mean, they just, most of the time, they just get a drum set and uh, drool. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm and, and kidding. Uh, next will be the FU tone drum heads. You know, it's funny because I, I work with so many <clears throat> guitar players and I'm on the road with a lot of these guys and you get to know, you get to know the other guys in the band sure. and the drummers and bass players and singers. And over time, got drummers have said to me, you know, what if we change this? Do you think that we, I go, Maybe, you know, bass players. Hey, can we do this? And I'm thinking of a bass bridge offering maybe down the road, and I've flirted with it a little bit. It seems like you could expand into that. It seems like you could upgrade anything, you know, by just adding better components. Yeah. Yeah, better components done right. More expensive, you know. It's it's gotta sound better. You would think. Hmm. And I mentioned to you offline. I'll plug it. my friend from high school, Croker Percussion, found a way to make a better sounding cajon and a better sounding shaker. I'm not even a percussionist. He came to my office and he showed me this stuff and he had a regular shaker, like a you know, piece of metal with the beads in it. And he had a titanium shaker. I go, oh, you're coming up my alley with the titanium. And I stood there and A-B, these two shakers, and I know nothing. I go, 
God damn it, this sounds better. <laughs> this is a nicer sound. And I go, hats off. And he's, you know, he's breaking into the industry and doing just what every other upgrade guy in this business has done. He's done it better, with better quality, better components, better assembly, care, better everything. And isn't that how it all started? Isn't that what Seymour Duncan did? Yeah. He said, you know what? This is a weak link in a guitar. I can make that part better. Yeah. Just need better magnet, better wire, and do it a little better. And yeah. boom, there it is. And isn't, you know, like we were saying about 80s guys, because this is when it happened, when it was all Fender and, and Gibson, isn't that what Wayne Charvel and Grover Jackson and, and companies like yeah, ESP, Bernie Rico, everybody, yeah. Bernie Rico and BC Rich, and they go, wait a minute, I can make a better yeah. guitar. I can make a better quality, better sounding, better playing instrument. Yeah. That's all it became was build a better mousetrap. Yeah. So I just build better parts to help guys build, build better mousetraps. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my guys, I have a ton of boutique builders that will just order bridges and PMS pickup mounting systems and bridge pins because they're trying to be the next generation of build a better mousetrap. Sure. I got a guy in Italy, Luteria Rocks guitars, insanely expensive guitars. Very expensive. Hard to sell a, a guitar that expensive. He's like, I, I'm competing. I have the best woods. I do this all by hand. I hand wind my pickups. I do I want a better bridge. Period. And they're really cool guitars. I have one in my office that you could see it in all the videos, usually hanging on the left. If I'm not playing it, there's a natural color star body guitar okay. from Luteria Rocks. And it's all these great Italian woods. And every time I pick the guitar up, I sniff the back cavity. Oh, where, where, where it it's, pretty, smells. it's like a cigar box type smell. Yeah. And still, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, wow, this guitar even smells good. <laughs> you know, forget that it sounds great and plays great, looks great. It smells really good. And that's important. A couple months ago, you were in Washington, D.C. doing some lobbying on behalf of uh, NAM. That's when I wear the suit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm, uh, Give I'm us kind of the, the rundown on that. It's spectacular, um, and I'm very lucky to be a part of this group. It's called the NAM Fly-In, and there's a, a group of delegates from each state to represent your state. We meet in D.C. We have our lobbying firm that we work with. Everyone uh, gets trained on how to go up on the Capitol Hill, meet with your congressmen, your senators, and, and all, all your elected officials to make sure that the music education funding package gets funded. Wow. Oh. So we're, and it's just, it's education, period. So it's the education funding, but music and arts are part of it. And we go in there and explain to these guys, here's why we need you to vote for full funding on this special section that you will vote on. And we'll tell you why and the reasons why. Some music education, I could do the whole pitch for you, but it... it it helps kids be better students sure. off the street. You know, if you play an instrument, you're going to have a better math score. If you play an instrument, you're going to do better at this and on and on and on. There, the list is endless and we have studies that back it up and we go in there and you make the picture. Who's going to argue with that? Who's going, well, no, we don't want that. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is about the money and it's incredible. It's such a good feeling. I've done it two years now. And I can't wait to do it again next year. I've made some great friends within the group. Um, 
really amazing people in D.C. I've gotten to know a bunch of my elected officials, and, you know, now it's like a thing. It's like... It's like you and me. It's like you know each other now. So if I walk in, you already know it's good. Yeah. And you know I'm here only to help. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, what's this guy want? Yeah. It's like, I know, I know. All right, I got to vote for this. Yeah. And each year, the funding gets bumped up and up and up. And we're getting, I like to think we have a, a huge hand in, in getting that done. Wow. Another part of that process, which is even better than the funding, we do something called a day of service. So... Uh, the first day before we start with the work, we go into the inner city. And we this year we went to a, a school in an underprivileged area where the kids really don't have anything. And we had different groups. We had a guitar group. We had a, a drum and percussion. We had a ukulele group. And the kids would move through our groups and we would give them a guitar lesson, a ukulele lesson. Oh, that's awesome. And I was, this was the most rewarding part. I'm sitting there playing guitar with these kids who've never held a guitar before. All right, put this finger here. Now just strum these two strings. Now do this. Now, And it was so rewarding for them and for us. And we were in there. I said, there's a, Nam did a nice video um, link, a few-minute video we could maybe put it as part of of this, just showing the day of service. Okay. You know, it's like a little two-minute trailer type okay. thing. And I, I only got in it for like a second. But okay. <laughs> but at, at least I, I, it's not like I was going to star in the video. But boy, everyone comes together. And it's the president and them and uh, all the upper staff with, with the group. Good people on Team Pennsylvania. We, I have the guys from Martin Guitar and Chris Martin. That's cool. And his team. We're part of this. And you you make great friendships in this. You make great business connections in this. You're doing good, you know. Sure. And the truth is there's nothing in this for F.U. Tone. If I get this funding package and this and that, I'm not going to sell one more F.U. Tone item. Right. It's, it's a give back. You it's really a, do. It's I mean, a complete give to, back. Uh, you know, we, we've, I think we've both been very fortunate in our careers and, and what we do for a living, and you really have to uh, take a minute and say to yourself, you know, now it's my turn to do something to help somebody else. And, uh, you know, um, Karma is, you know, a real thing and a good thing, and, and you just need to be out there. If you can help somebody and make a difference, you should do it. I, I try, you know, not just in the industry, just in life, I would say, as a general rule, rule of thumb. <laughs> maybe, maybe help someone out or you see someone, maybe throw them a buck or yeah. pick up a sandwich or do something nice yeah. for somebody. You know, I, I try, and it gets harder and harder in today's world where I think a lot of people are pretty nasty for the most part and out for themselves or taking advantage and in a, in a very dangerous society now, you know, you, you see less and less of the good things, I think. So I, I try to fill that side of the bucket as best I can. Yeah, yeah. That shows. You do a good job. Thanks, man. I think uh, we, we have... Uh, a thing that we do every year, it's called Rocktoberfest. And we do, it's grown into an entire street festival. So every year, the first Saturday of October, our 
both our town and our county have officially named it Rocktoberfest Weekend. Nice. And we do a basically an outdoor music festival, and it's to raise money for the Charles County Music and Performing Arts Department. And this would be our sixth year doing it. We've raised over a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, so that's far. awesome! And uh, so each year we have sixteen local bands all volunteer their time and play, um, and then we have one headlining national act band mm-hmm. that uh, you know we we raise money and, and pay for. And uh, last year we had five thousand people attend. And Sponge, if you remember Sponge yeah, sure. from the '90s, they were the headlining band. What was that? The big song they had. Um... Uh, Molly, 16 Candles yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the Drain was a big, and they were the nicest guys. Talk yeah. about nice guys. They were so nice. They actually donated back all their merch sales oh, from great. that day to the event. Spectacular. Cool. Uh, and this year we have Lit. Uh, oh, which nice. will be really cool, too. So we're, we're anticipating hopefully more than 5,000 people, but you never know. First week of, of October this year, I'm going October to be on the 5th. I'm going to be in Los Angeles. So I guarantee you next year, which what are the odds I'll be away that one? I will go to the following (laughs) one because that sounds like an awesome thing. It's really fun. I mean, the the entire town takes part in it and everybody has a big sense of pride of, of, you know, giving back and and being part of the community. And uh, uh, it turns out to be a real awesome day. Another event that's just not part of the internet. You know what I mean? It's like the music store anymore. It's like this is rare. I live in a little town. Like that to Newtown, Pennsylvania, where you have like the old hardware store, you know, and yeah. a couple of little stores and restaurants, and it, they have the parades and little events like that. It's a lost Americana thing. Yeah, it really is. I think this is, and it's it's so awesome to see everybody in the town take part in this event. That's super cool. I mean, to, I can't to, wait to, to come to see this. like Rocktoberfest T-shirts on like an accountant. You know, down the street or like the posters somewhere or that, you know, the town or the county calls you and says, hey, we'd like you to come to this thing. We're going to officially say that the first weekend of October is Rocktoberfest weekend. Would you mind coming? And that's cool. Awesome. You know? I think that's excellent. Uh, so it's really kind of a cool thing. Um, anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Um I got to tell you, I'll think of like 30 things as soon as we wrap up. (laughs) But uh, I got to tell you again, thank you for having me. Thanks for believing in what I do and sharing in it with me. Thanks for helping promote what I do. And and it's all good for everyone. This is... No, it's been awesome. We're having having fun. And we already upgraded a couple guitars. We're going to do a couple more. Yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, the difference on the Strat. I think that's going to be... Strat's going to be killer. I love the Strat upgrade. And the bridge pins are phenomenal. Thanks. I mean, they really are. It's it's such a basic thing like we were talking about you have this great piece of wood and strings and tuners and a bridge and then a four cent piece of plastic holding it all together and sending the tone out into the wood makes no sense to me but that's why i sell upgraded bridge (laughs) (laughs) don't tell anybody Well, yeah, it, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thanks, and man. Uh, yeah, we appreciate everything that you've done for Island Music and for myself. I'm and, psyched uh, for my Island Music shirt. I gotta, I'm going to get <laughs> oh, on yeah. that. Well, we're going to go right to the front counter and get Morgan <laughs> to order it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> it's cool, man. Thank you again. This, is, this has been awesome so far, and I can't wait for the rest of the day. Absolutely. Dude, you rule. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you.